I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome back to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my buddy, Chief John Salka. And uh, we've been, uh, golly, making some adjustments, John. Um, this whole uh, COVID-19 and um, uh, I, I don't know, I know you and I both have, like like all our other partners and our, our the guys we, we run with, fellow fellow wizards and instructors and that have had to cancel and reschedule. I know both of us have done like 30 programs have been rescheduled, but um, I, I guess you know, you brought up a great idea the other day and we'll spend some time talking about today, but how, how are we doing with the whole social distancing and training, whether it's in the volley place or the career place, or even like the outside classrooms and stuff, John, I mean, I guess the first thing is what, what, what do you, what, what are you seeing as the challenges? Let's just start off with one easy in your volunteer fire department. Well, you know, a lot of volunteer fire departments and, and, and you and I have a lot of exposure to, to guys all over the country, whether it's via email or, you know, just talking to them on the phone or seeing them at conferences and all, although we haven't been out traveling, you know, for several months now. Um, so you can suspend seminars, you can suspend, you know, long distance training, you can suspend conferences. You, you can't suspend training. You can't suspend in-service training. You can't suspend training of your, of your small volunteer, your small career department, just because there's a, a COVID emergency. Obviously there's a bunch of, uh, bunch of hazards out there that we're not used to and there's a bunch of precautions that most of us are going to have to follow but um it's really not that hard actually and and, and that that's why you know you and i de- decided to do this topic uh, today because uh, there's just a couple of things you can do out there and it's not just a couple it's a few more than that but to make continuation of your training you know an easier thing to do it's not it's not this big insurmountable thing sometimes you'll watch the news and it's like holy cow you can't leave the house. You can't go shopping. You can't touch anybody. You can't breathe and, you know, you can't get an elevator. But but we can still do training. We can still conduct some company meetings for those, uh, you know, volunteer departments that, that have, you know, monthly meetings and things like that. And uh, I, I think it's a great topic. Hopefully hopefully some folks out there are already doing the things we're going to bring up. And hopefully this is maybe news or a variation for some folks that are maybe struggling with it or trying or, or maybe haven't tried anything. I know, I know the, the, the volunteer fire department in my, in my village, in my right here, uh, we really suspended everything for a while initially. Closed the firehouse down, no going in a firehouse except for response to alarms, period. Uh, not really period. Once a week, one or two people would show up and check the rigs out, change the batteries, make sure the fuel was up, make sure, you know, start the rigs up a little bit. But it was only, it was restricted to one or two people in the building at a time, you know, a bay away from each other. And that was held, that was held strict. This is with face pieces, face masks on, and that's face pieces from SCBA, but face masks and, uh, and that. Uh, and that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, and I must tell you, we suspended training, and a lot of places did that, and that was fine. But then it started taking a turn, and everybody said, you know what? 
we, we, we got to do something. We just can't go on two months, three months, four months like this. So right. uh, here's what here's what happened here, which I thought was pretty cool. We decided to uh, uh, open a firehouse. In other words, not the social firehouse, not inside, not the offices, not hanging around, not the kitchen. But we opened up the bays and said, okay, now on Wednesday nights, which is drill night. And let me ask you a quick question, John. You know, and let me, I don't mean to interrupt you. Well, I guess I do, duh. But, I mean, how hard is that? I mean, especially if it's, I mean, you've got career guys that love what they do, but you got volleys that love what they do. They love hanging at the firehouse. They, there's a need. The, you and I both as volunteers and the guys and gals we run with, there's that need to come hang out at the firehouse, right? There's that need to go, I'm going to go out and hang at the firehouse tonight or whatever. And now we're telling them, well, we got to slow that down a little bit. You know, I mean, we don't want you not to come up here, but we can't have the large groups hanging. You know, you know what I'm saying? How did, let me just ask you real quick. I know you did it. How did that go? Because a lot of people have been asking, how do I control my, my volleys, you know, without curbing the enthusiasm? How do I say, okay, guys, let's, we got to, you know, how'd that go? I'm not quite sure about the enthusiasm of curbing it. Although I must tell you, I have seen no, I have seen no slide in that there, in the in the enthusiasm. I've seen no no reduction in in the number of guys showing up. It's not like a couple of guys are saying, oh, "I'll I'll get active again when when a place is open or anything." So we really haven't lost anybody, or anybody lo- really hasn't lost interest generally. Um, I gotta say, in a way, sort of in an old school way, let's say in an old school way, it was almost easy because we got everybody together. We said, "Hey, here's the story, folks." The firehouse is closed. That means no going in there. No upstairs, no downstairs, no stopping by to meet somebody for 10 minutes, no going inside just to get your stuff. The firehouse is closed. If we get a run, the firehouse is open. You can go in, you can get your gear, and out you go. Now, now, and, and I'll go through some of the response restrictions that we had as well. We had restrictions on response as well. And then coming back, there was a whole uh, scenario that, that had to be gone through each time we backed in. Again, Everybody could quickly move in and put their gear back on the rack and then leave the firehouse. If you want to hang around at the firehouse after a run, no problem. Outside on the apron with, 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 with proper distancing, right? Um, and one or two people would be designated, and we had the stuff out and available, paper towels and disinfectant, all the door handles, the steering wheel, everything else would all be rushed just to try and negate any, any possible you know, infection from that run. Um, and then the doors would be closed, and the, and the the run sheet put in, and the, and the run was over. Now, now for the run, and it was pretty interesting, and I saw this elsewhere, said everything but structural fires. Structural fires, all bets are off. Everybody gets on the rig. We do what we got to do. However, all apparatus windows are open. No apparatus windows can be closed. I realize it's the middle of May, June, July, and it's not cold. But even if it was 20 degrees outside, the windows would be open. And other than structural fires, only obviously two people in the cab. We have an, an engine operator or a truck operator and the officer or the front seat, you know, uh, position. And then we only put two people in the crew cab, even though it was able to hold, you know, four or six, depending on what rig it was. And I only put two. And the one person had to sit directly behind the chauffeur facing backwards. The other person had to, had to sit on the officer's side facing forwards, which was as far away as I could get them from each other with the windows open for the run. When they got to the run, Nobody gets off the rig except the officer. He gets off the rig by himself, and he goes to the door. And, again, he observes social distancing, and he knocks on the door, and he inquires verbally, did you call the fire department? Is this about an illness? Is this about a gas leak? Is this about whatever it was? And then he would call on the portable radio, send me one guy to the front with the gas detector or bring one guy or, or whatever it was. So even for, even for emergency responses, 
we didn't scale anything down. We, we cut staffing. We cut the occupancy on the rig. We, we, the windows are open. They're open right now. Back in the firehouse or out on a run, rain or not, windows are open. And everybody stays on the rig to limit their exposure, obviously, to folks at the scene who could walk up to them and say, hey, this is what happened or whatever. Well, that was just runs. We're not even talking about training. And in so many other places, too. I mean, you know, talking with the, the, the folks in Louisville about, you know, and, and other people, you know, EMS runs, you know, one, one attendee, like you said, one attendant, you know, going masked up, visiting with the patient. If they exhibit any symptoms or whatever, then, you know, they, I mean, obviously they put a mask on them right away. So if they don't have one on, they put one on them. They've got them. The rest of the crew, like you say, is back here or, or outside or stand, one stand at the door. And if they need some help and then they can do it. And I guess, John, like you're saying, and what you said in a nutshell, I guess, is the smart thing is, like we said, even before this happened, you and I have talked about this, before this happened, it's always been about proper hygiene, you know, not sneezing on people, you know, cover, co- you know, covering your mouth, sticking it in your, you know, your, 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 whatever they call your inside elbow, um, you know, cleaning up after you, just, you know, that kind of stuff. So, it's just now we've had to make some adjustments to be smart to reduce our exposures however we can. It doesn't mean, like you said, we can't train. It doesn't mean we can't go out. We have to go on runs. We have to go on runs. And, and unfortunately for us, when it comes to that, we're a very physical, um, sweaty, demanding service, if you think about it. There's, you know, aside from walking in, hey, Mr. Salka, how you doing? How you blah, 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 and then leaving – we're all oh, next thing we're carrying stretchers, people downstairs, we're, we're stretch or we're at fires, we're stretching lines and we're getting all sweaty and we're, you know, hollering back and forth and doing stuff. And it just, you know, there's the, so, you know, with that, that, that puts its own kind of challenge in the mix, if you will. But right. again, if we just do what we're supposed to do and we we're smart, like we're telling people just, Hey, social distance when you can, you want to come up and hang in the firehouse. You know, we, we have a means for you to do that. So we don't curb that enthusiasm. We want you fired up and come out and hang it up here and get out the door quick. Um, we just have to be smarter. I know a lot of career departments, the cities have had, they, they have so many COVID cases, so many people quarantined. They got to tell their guys, you got to wear your mask to the station now. And when you're on the rigs for non-emergency, you got to wear your mask because they have, oh, I've heard that. I know a couple of departments, John, they're running out of people. They're, 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 they, have, they, have, they have so many people sick. They're talking about like browning out firehouses because they don't have the people to staff. Fourteen day quarantines, guys that are actually sick, sick that are like, you know, sick guys that were exposed and showed. Have actually lost a couple of folks. Oh, yeah. just you know, so you know, it's it's and, and and hell, who who wants to do that? You know what I'm saying? Who who wants to, uh, um, you know, do that stuff? I mean, it's just, but and but it's comfortable. You know, because because telling guys about mask wearing, and, and I'm and I'm the eternal mask, like the mask police. You know, masks, mask. You got a mask? That was my way of always saying, "Where's your mask? Do you have a mask?" You know, I, up they reach in their pocket, they pull it out, they dash back to their car, they pull it out. It, it it was a little hard to get used to, but now it's almost it's almost old news now. Like like I'm watching commercials and I'm watching TV where they're wearing masks. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah, I'm in my car. I'm reaching in my pocket. I'm, you know, mask on to go into the supermarket or to go into the hardware store. And so it's just like anything else, you know, we, we get used to it with, with repetition and with habit. And so the, so the guys are getting used to it at the firehouse, which is great. Uh, that's the most difficult uh, venue, let's say. You know, once they're on the rig, they know what they got to do. And I told them, masks on in the rig. You know, 
you got to wear a mask in the rig. You want to protect you and the other guy in the rig with you. And, you know, who knows who you were with 10 minutes ago, especially considering volunteer fire departments. These folks are coming from the far reaches of the neighborhood, of the town, or the village. Yeah. Boom, they're all on a rig together. And then they, boom, they go back out again. The guy might have come from work at, at the restaurant or might have come from work working out in the street somewhere. Or, you know, his family might have come from home. He's laid off and he's home with, with his two kids or three kids. Or, so whatever the situation is, listen, CDC and the government and Trump and everybody's made it very clear. Distancing and wearing a mask and washing your hands. And I tell guys to do that all the time. And it's been, you know, I hate to even say it, but we've been very lucky. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's the runs and the hanging around the firehouse. We still got meetings and we still got training. And those are two other activities that we, that we resumed in spite of the COVID and it's been working out really well. Well, and, and so we talked about the trainings, which is, you know, applies to career and volunteer. Like you said, it doesn't matter if it's the volley training night or it's your shift day, you know, Again, talk about the career for a second here. It's got how difficult you're in that. You're so used to being in that firehouse for most places for 24 hour stint, some longer now with all this overtime, you know, it's like, golly, man. I mean, it's, you know, I had some guys say, look, we work together. All of us tested negative. We don't have, and I'm like, and then you hear the stories where one of the guys went off and, you know, went to a family outing and one of their relatives in fact came back and the whole not showing any symptoms whatsoever, not even knowing they're carrying it kind of stuff. And then yet you give it to other people. <clears throat> so it brings you back where it's like, like you said, like they've been saying, wear your masks, six feet, you know, and wash your hands and, and, and then clean up after yourself. Make sure you're clean and whatever you're touching and whatever you're doing. And, you know, on the, we were supposed to do that in the back of the ambulances on the rigs anyway. Just be a little more aware of that stuff, right? My, my wife has been an ambulance, you know, volunteer ambulance person for a long time. And, and, and they've been doing that for decades you know, sanitizing the back of the ambulance after every run, you know, wiping stuff down, hosing stuff out, cleaning stuff out, replacing stuff. Um, now for career guys, back to career guys, you mentioned them. And it is a different situation, career firefighters and volunteer firefighters, because volunteer firefighters, the run comes in the middle of the day, no matter what else you're doing. You know, career firefighters come in in the morning, let's just say, shift start in the morning, and you're there for the whole day or for a, for a full shift. And to some degree, you got to try and avoid each other. You shouldn't all be sitting on the same couch watching it, watching the three stooges. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, suddenly those, suddenly those hotel firehouses, you know, the holiday <laughs> Inn the, 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 the individual bedrooms, suddenly those are a little helpful because you know what? Roll call, quick check on the rigs. Okay, fellas, listen, we're going to just try and keep to ourselves for the day. Well, and, they, and not, you know. They're okay. If you have your own, cause we talked about this with another group. If you have your own cubicle, your own bedroom, that's fine. But if you share that with, you know, it, it's like I'm in there today, John's in there tomorrow, Jay's in there, you know, Thursday. Okay, you're, you're reducing your exposure, I guess, but there's two other people that you're working with or using that, that room in close proximity, you know, same bed, you know, hot bed. So, you know, so it, 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 cleaning routine, guys go in and change the sheets. Wipe down the doorknob, almost like going into a hotel room, right? Yeah. Wipe down yeah. all the surfaces, wipe down the phone, wipe down the doorknob, clean the bathroom real good. Then you know you're good for 24 hours. At least you cleaned up the place you're going to primarily occupy. And so is the guy across the hall and the guy down the hall, you know, depending on your staffing, right? Then again, we get back to the volunteers and it becomes more difficult because, I mean, there are volunteer fire companies that do one or two runs every single day. Each, each run could have some variation of staffing, some people that weren't on the first one, but were in the second one, five guys on the first run, seven guys on the second one, you know, in and out, touching stuff, grabbing gear, grabbing doorknobs, uh, you know, getting on the rig, 
touching the SEBA handles and stuff like that. So it's, it's a more difficult process because it's, you know, you get called in, you got to clean up. You can't just, you can't just walk out of the firehouse as we do. And lots of other places do, you know, SCBAs, door handles, the seats that they sit on, there's certainly the steering wheels and anything that you touch the radio microphones for the run, got to all get wiped down after the run, which is a very easy thing to do. One person gets designated to do that. And they just go through with, you know, with the wipes or whatever, whatever material you're using to do that. Uh, and then, and then you can chase them out of there, and you don't have to worry about exposure right. anymore. And we, like, we talked about pretty, pretty simple thing. If if you can spit on it, or if you can spray, or you know, the the vapor, if you will, you know, I know it's if that little bit's coming out. But if you're talking, you're on a run, and you're driving, and you're talking, you know, so that means not just I see guys clean just the steering wheel, you know, and I'm like, well, how about the center part? Just get, you know, just just remember what you're trying to do, and and if you could, it's like. Remember all the little videos, the little pictures? They show the picture of the guy on the, on the airplane, and it, it shows the sneeze and, and where all the sneeze stuff goes. Right. All right, right. think about that with your rig and all that stuff. So, so again, you got your volunteers, which we both love. You're, you're, one, you're, more, one more oh, go point. Ahead, go ahead, Another important point to remember, and I just remembered this. I was in an elevator. I had cause to be in an elevator. And, you know, the elevator said two people only in the elevator, blah, blah, blah. I got in I was by myself, had my mask. Another guy gets in, you know, and I, and I did like I did in the apparatus. I stepped in the back corner of the elevator. He, you know, he stepped in and stayed right near the front. We, we, without saying anything, we just stayed away from each other. But then he turned and started talking to me. He turned and started talking to me. Gee, this is crazy. Isn't it with just two guys in the elevator? You know what I did? I had my mask on. You know what I did? <laughs> you know what? So let's get in the elevator. Worry about contaminating each other. And he starts talking to me. What happens when you talk? You know, it's not the same as a sneeze or a cough, but it's but it's an outrush of, of vapor oh, and particles. And Jenna, and, you know, I just talk, went. Don't talk in the apparatus on a run. Don't talk to yeah. each other unless you have to. Yeah, I just went to lunch with Paul, uh, one of the chaplains for Wichita Falls Fire here in Texas. Good, good guy. Um, fellow Long Islander, moved from Long Island, was a volley up there. Dad was really? an MIP. Dad was an NYPD cop and. He doesn't talk like he's from here at all, as you can imagine. He's still 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 talking like he's out of Long Island, which is great. But I, I'm walking into the restaurant for lunch, and you know, right now we're clamping things down here in Texas because the numbers are up there. And I have my mask on, and there's these four guys are walking in, kind of behind, and they're I can hear them laughing about me. You know, they're all like, "Well, I guess you did you remember your mask?" I don't remember, and I'm like, and it was kind of, and I I didn't say nothing. I went, "All right, that's fine. I'm not going to be the mask police, like you said. You know what? I can only worry about myself." You know, and I can't enforce people around me. But you know what? Like you said, I can I can take corrective. You know, I, I was in a hotel that uh, oh god a little while back for teaching for the Dallas Firefighters Union, Local Fifty Eight. Great, great fire department, great group. And I same thing. I got to the elevator, and there was like two people waiting to get on. I go, oh, or I'll take the next one. Yep. And everybody's fine with it. You know, I mean, two or three, and you know, just you got to take it a step further because I've been on elevators where I was on the elevator already, and elevator stopped on another floor. And it was me and a, and a second person in the elevator. And it was in a hotel that had signs on every floor, two people in the elevator. And the elevator doors opened up, and there was one or two people standing there with the, with the bewildered look on their face, like, do I get in or not get in? And you know what I do? Take the next one. I tell them, <laughs> don't come in. I tell them, don't come in. You can't, let it, you can't rely on everybody else's good sense because half the people in America – don't have good sense well you, know? you you and i talked about it. they started opening we have a great governor here in texas and we trying to open up the economy and i told you this you and i talked on the phone once i said it's like there's never been a virus it's like 
we're in the grocery store and people are like bumping into you or standing next to you. And I'm like, well, the governor said we can go out now. Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, and anyway, that all being said, we've been talking mass stuff, so on and so forth. So we're talking, you know, hanging, you know, coming out from, you know, meetings at the firehouse um, at the Valley place training and then showing up for work at your career place. So, so forth. Cause the other night I told you, I went and uh, spent a couple hours at Wichita West with our good friend, uh, Ryan Fetzer and his crew there, the volleys, and, mm-hmm. and they were doing their rig checks and it was drilling and, and a big group of them. And, and they were, none of them were on top of each other. They're all keeping their, and they checked their rigs just fine. And they talked just fine. And they did everything just fine. And nobody was, you know, leaning on each other, spitting on each other. They did. They just, right. you know, like he, he, he treats his people like they're adults and they are. And they, they all did. I was watching. They all did perfect. There was no issues. Meetings, as you mentioned, meetings, Meetings are, are, you know, another another separate issue because it, it, by virtue of the fact that it's a meeting, it's a collection of people. It's a group, right? So you you sort of inviting a group together, and 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 again, a local fire department they had a, they had a, they had a company officers meeting, and what they did was they said we're going to have it outside in the uh, they had a what do you call it uh, out the back of the firehouse, a uh, you know a covered a covered shed where they where they did different things, and they said so it was open to the open air. But, but there was a roof over their heads, and they put some chairs out there, and the chairs were all six or six, seven feet apart in a big, big circle. And the uh, six or eight officers had an officers meeting out there. They, everybody had a mask on. They were six or eight feet apart from each other. They were still literally outside, and they conducted an officers meeting. And the exact same process occurred there that would have happened inside a meeting or inside the you know a hall or something like that. Uh, just a little bit more, you know, pre-planning and moving a furniture around and stuff. Well, and I've seen John people doing the same thing on the apparatus floor. You know, they, they, maybe they got four bays or three bays. So they back out a couple rigs, you know, the, the non-essential, you know, if you don't want to keep them out, whatever. And they, they spread their chairs out, you know, like you we're supposed to. you company meeting there. You're going to have 30 guys there. Yeah. If it's- and, and you spread them all out. Hell, if it's nice out or decent, you can have the doors open, you know. So I guess, you know, and you and I, I know we both love firefighters. We love our, our families come first, but you and I love the fire service more than life itself. And and we we put firefighters at the top of our list, not to sound partial, but I guess we are. And they're some of the most creative people, some of the most adaptable people, some of the most, you know what I'm saying? They it's they overcome any obstacle. And I to I'll be honest, John, I think a lot of them are doing a pretty good job with this. I mean, you look at all the guys that are doing um uh instead of bringing the companies together. If it's not necessarily hands-on, they're doing the Zoom training. It, I used to think it was pretty cool. And I went to Round Rock, Texas, great fire department. I went down there and did a class for them, John. They had back, this is long before Zoom and all the rest of the stuff. I remember I told you they had the digital, they had the big screen, a big, real nice screen, high-def screen. And just like you see Zoom, like us, all of a sudden, you know, station one would bink, 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 bink. They'd all start coming on the coming on the screen all around there. And like the BC, so the roll call with his officers, you know, instead of, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's before their shift, and all of a sudden, bink, their station two, bink, their state, because they had the cameras either in their little training room or in their kitchen or their day room, and the captain said, lieutenant, and he would talk to him. Hey, John, okay, remember, I'm coming by there too. Okay, yeah, I got the paperwork for you. Just like you would do on the phone. He's got them all right in front of him. Question, I thought, too bad. Everybody can't afford that, but that was a pretty cool system. And then they did the same thing. But when I was doing my classes, I had guys in outlining firehouses. So they didn't have to, you know, because they can't take everybody a service, go, Chief, I got a question for it. Who's got the question? I had the mics. Now with Zoom, like you and I have been using Zoom for a long time, long before COVID, you know, 
now you've got this platform where you can, you can, you know, now you're limited with the free version, I guess, to like, you know, a couple of people for 45 minutes, but even the packages, some of the departments are using John are not that expensive. And you got this ability to now we are doing that and, and how people are using it to talk to their family. So actually being able to teach a class, it's a little different, but then, you know, someone said it's so hard, you know, watching a video. Now it, I, I did the South Carolina state firefighters. Uh, they did a, a little mini conference, John, and I did my class, the volunteer firefighter defined commitment. And I had, they had all the people sign up and they, I saw them all on there, tons of people, but it is different because, you know, you and I are both motivated. We wander around all this. Welcome so, so I had to keep telling myself, Rick, do this like you do your videos. Do this like you do, you know, where you've got to be a little more animated on the screen. And, and I had some people say, well, you know, not for that one. But another, they say, yeah, we're trying to do this and it's kind of hard. I go, so do you not watch any of John Salka's videos or mine or John Norman's or Anthea Villa's? Do you not watch them? Yeah. Do you not learn something from watching a video? And, and uh, granted, you know, uh, someone doing a lecture, John, Nor our good friend, John Norman, his fire officer's handbook of tactics, that whole video series, John, is him and his class. Now, a couple of videos of fires and stuff, but it's John, our good friend in his class, a talking. And it, I, I, if you're a good enough trainer, if you're a good enough mentor, you should be able to hold their attention and you don't have to do, you don't have, yeah, you don't have to do card tricks and ride a unicycle and a balancing act to keep people's attention. So Absolutely. I guess enough with the excuses that, I, you know, video training, video training is very popular right now. Look at the, you know, I mean, there, there's a ton of stuff. So I guess get past that. You know, if you're the one teaching, understand like anything else, you got to keep them. You, you, you can't sit there. Like we said, right. We, the podium people, John, which you're not the death by PowerPoint where they stand there and they read, they go. And uh, as it says, you know, no, you, you got to be, you got to be active and keep their yeah. attention. And if you see people up there and you see them, you go, Hey, John, John. And you see, okay, John, come on, unmute. Let me ask you at fives. Didn't you guys do that? Yeah. Yeah. We did this prop and we got this. And you know, actually, if you want, we can cart it around. They can come out the trailer. We can bring it to each firehouse. So nobody's having to get together. Oh God, that's great. Timmy, Timmy, come on up. Right. If you know how to work the media platform you're using, Yep. Hell, it should be easy. And then, you know, let me ask you this. So hands-on training topics, you talked about that. You know, come up to the firehouse or on, whether it's on shift, volunteer, don't matter. Right. Training's training. So let me ask you this. Same, same, right? Just, you know, keep your distance. You know, if you're, if you're the one teaching, kind of distance yourself with the group that's kind of – and, you know, make sure everybody's kind of spread out. And if you're a boss or a lieutenant captain, just like you did, where's your mask? Go, hey, 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 guys. Spread it out a little bit there. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. One day we'll be past this, but just right now, on the right flank there, you know, spread it out a little bit. Yep. You know, that's just being responsible, that's right? And that's the inside training. The, the first thing I told guys was, and I've seen it done in lots of places, and we used to do it all the time even before COVID, was go train outside. The guys always love going outside anyway. Yeah, yeah. Something really hot or really cold. So I saw a place that put a bunch of chairs Again, out on the apron, in front of the firehouse, or, or, or in the backyard, behind the firehouse, in the parking lot. And the boss, or the lead instructor, or whoever it was, the lieutenant, uh, said, okay, Billy, you're in a truck, right? All right, I want you to go to the truck, uh, the first compartment on the engine side, you know, first engineer side. Open, open it up, bring something out here. Just don't say nothing. Just grab something and bring it out here. Bring it out, then you start asking questions. Tommy, you see what Billy just brought out? What is that? What's the name of that tool? And you give it. Frankie, you're next. 
where do we use that tool? Is that an inside tool, an outside tool? Which way does the door swing? You could drill all night long on that. You know, and what you're doing is you're taking everybody away from the, the closed, confined atmosphere of the firehouse where obviously things are easier to, to get, you know, infected. And you're bringing them outside. We're still talking at the rig. You could even pull the rig outside if you wanted to and, and, and you know, sit around it, you know, with the same distances and grab a tool, grab a motor. You could even start something up. You could even do a power saw. Okay, what do I pull? Bill, you get over here, grab the saw, get in the right stance to start the saw. Frankie, what about the uh, what about the choke? Is it up or is it down? I mean, you can do a great, and everybody can still be sitting six feet apart and ten feet from whatever tool is being discussed. And it's practically hands-on training, you know, except everybody's just touching it individually. Exactly. So I, I guess, you know, as, as we close things off for this one, buddy, um, uh, I want to I want to ask you for to, to bestow a little bit of advice for our, our listeners. But I guess it, if I could say something quick before we do that is. I guess it comes down to, I said it before, acting like an adult. Um, if you're a company officer, chief, being a good parent and making sure your firefighters are doing the right thing and take, you know, step up and lead, right? Be the, the we need leaders from the front. You know, I mean, don't, if you're going to sit back and not say nothing, God, if you can't tell your guys to move, you know, spread out a little bit or put a mask on, how the hell do you run them at a fire? You know I mean? I mean, can you imagine? I don't know, John. Um, well, I don't want to say nothing. No, you know what? It is what it is. And, and does everybody like wearing masks all the time? How everybody hates what's going on right now. But it's life. It's real. And and if we're the professionals we say we are, then do your job, right? Like you said, wash your hands, put your mask on, social distance, clean the rigs, clean your stuff, you know. And, you know, you can make, I, I guess, John, you've said it forever. Good bosses are good motivators. I've said before they have their their hand on the morale, the, the morale siren, the crank on the morale siren, right? If you have good bosses, they know how to keep people vibrant, fired up, whether they're wearing a, a freaking mask or not, or they're so, you, you know what I'm saying? Your leadership, your mentors, your young guys and gals, if you can, if you can harness that energy, play off of it, we'll, we'll get past this. We, we're going to have a new norm one day, but we'll get past this. But, and you know what? It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a leadership challenge as well, just like you said. Yeah. It's really, really a little bit of a challenge for the company officers. I know it's a challenge for everybody now, but. It's, it's a challenge for company and chief officers too because now it's a little bit more difficult maybe just to run a basic, you know, Wednesday night two-hour drill at the firehouse. Now, because now all these other little precautions have to be observed and looked at and taken care of. And now social distancing has to be observed and talking to each other and, and, and passing things from, from person to person. So, you know what? Sometimes things are hard. Sometimes they're easy. And when they're hard, we just want you to step up. There's the fire service, as you just said. We're used to stepping up. We're used to managing with uh, you know uncontrollable conditions or unfamiliar conditions, and I think, frankly, you you and I, exposed to a lot of people in the fire service. I think the fire service is really doing very well right now as this thing is continuing and starting to sort of rear its ugly head again a little bit in some places. You know, at first it was like a, well, like you and I have said before, a bunch of marbles hitting the ground and we were trying to catch them. But I think we, you're exactly right. I, if you look and talk to people now everything's we're calming down a little bit and everybody's got a routine. They've figured this stuff out. They've got, you know, I mean, now they're just dealing with exposures and people being sick. It was what, what, that's all we should be worrying about now. Everything else should be kind of normal. So great, great, great info. I'm glad you brought this one up, but this is, it's a great topic that a lot of people have been asking and talking about. Certainly topical, certainly timely. Oh, absolutely. So, all right. We do this all the time. We, we, we both have said them hundreds of times, but if they want to get a hold of you, best way. Uh, Chief John Salka at gmail.com. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. I'm Chief Lasky, 
at uh, gmail.com. Hey, uh, reminder, folks, um, John and I, our book, Five Alarm Leadership, is on Kindle. Um, the audio book's going to be out very soon on Audible and iTunes. Um, it's also on, um, uh, like you said, the hard copy. Uh, I forgot the other format. But anyway, it's coming up. <clears throat> Great stuff. All you got to do is go to uh, Fire Engineering Books and Videos, and you can get any of our stuff. Um, uh, again, they're moving everything to iTunes, um, to Audible, uh, to Kindle. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting. So you get a chance. If you have any questions, pop us a message and we'll get back to you. But um, that's another another a wrap on another show. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, tuning in. Make sure you spread the word. Tell people to subscribe on our iTunes uh, uh, site for uh, old school or go. I put them on my YouTube channel for those that don't do iTunes. But uh, that, that for this particular episode, great information, great topic, John. Um, uh, John, I always ask you before we leave you to please keep the men and women and your thoughts and prayers, um, those serving in, 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 in the men and women in, in our armed forces. Um, we said this the other day, God bless United States Navy. What an incredible job they were doing with the, the ship fire in San Diego. What a freaking challenge. God bless our sailors and, again, all our service men and women. And uh, remember, folks, never forgetting means never forgetting. God bless you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.